Because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Visit our website at wihhw.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, see guest links and information, and some fancy extras. Also, check us out on Facebook at, at what I had heard was, and Instagram at what I had heard. And if you really want to get something off your chest, shoot us an email at what I had heard was at gmail.com. Now that you've been informed, <laughs> things are about to get weird. The following episode contains discussion of suicide and bullying. Listener discretion is advised. Uh, welcome, and thank you so much for joining me. Can you introduce yourself and your show? Hi, I'm Derek. I am the host of a myriad of different shows. One is the Ratchet Book Club, uh, where I read hood classics and good classics and make fun of them as I go. Um, <laughs> one is uh, Hindsight, where my friend Brandon and myself uh, watch movies that we haven't seen since we are teens or young adults and see if they're still good, and usually they aren't. Uh, one is uh, Return to Oswald. Actually, we were um, discussing in length each episode of uh, the HBO show Oz. Um, we actually just got to the series finale of that uh, this past week. So we got to that right before Thanksgiving. And so now our next show that we're gonna be watching is the uh, I, the inimitable uh, ESPN Playmakers, a uh, football show that was so great that ESPN was actually like, look, the NFL was like, look, y'all stop doing this to us. We'll let you have the NFL on your channel. That's literally how the NFL ended up being on ESPN was because of a show called Playmakers, and we plan on watching that. Um, I have a show called Single Simulcast, which I do with my friend Shantae. It's pop culture, politics, and and life from a Black perspective. I have Unburdened, which is a mental health show that I do with two of my friends, Corbin and Gerald, which is, again, a mental health show uh, where we talk about um, generational curses that we're trying to break uh, as adults. Mm -hmm. um, and I have Sin and Solace, which is an audio drama that I wrote about a assassin named Jeremiah Sinclair and his best friend, Trevor Solace Salento. There's more. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. You are a busy man. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so is, does Christmas rate for you at the top, in the end, somewhere in the middle? You know, when I was younger, it rated much higher than it does now. Um, I find that as you get older, days just seem to pass and um somewhere along the age of what 29 or 30 i came across the thought that literally changed my life and i think it changed my children's the trajectory of my children's life as well which was i should not make you have to wait until one day of the year to get the things that you really want when I yeah. can give them to you now. Like I have the money for it now. There's no reason why I have to wait until the end of the year and spend all this money all at once to mess up my credit when mm -hmm. I can buy it for you as I see it and give it to you because you're you're a good kid all year round. It's not like, you know, you deserve this gift only on one day. Um, birthdays, yeah, I can see why they would do that. I think that's stupid too, but <laughs> definitely not on Christmas. So what we do is, um, if I see something, it's just like, yo, I'm gonna pick that up. And here, I thought of you, I got this for you. Um, 
when Christmas comes, they know, okay, we might get something, we might not. But if we don't, it's just another day, really, with food. The rest of the family is going to give them gifts. Like my kids, they still get gifts from like their grandparents and whatnot. But because they are aware that throughout the year we're buying them stuff, like good stuff, they don't yeah. have to wait until this one day to get it. So in that, Christmas has become more of a a day for me. You know, mm -hmm. Thanksgiving, like holidays as a whole have just gotten more and more transparent to me. You know, right. um, uh, Thanksgiving is a day where we eat food. We mm -hmm. eat food every day. So what's really good about this day, I can't really tell you. They they literally conquered a, a country of indigenous Americans and made it their own. So I can't really celebrate that. Christmas right. is a day where we have turned it into uh, how much stuff can I get um, instead of actually helping out others. And you could do that any day of the year. So what's important about that? And and so I think I've become jaded about everything as I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. So the most important holidays to me aren't Christmas or Thanksgiving, to be completely honest with you. I'm a fan of Halloween. It's a good one. I like Halloween still because of the merriment that my son still has as a teenager in dressing up and going out with his friends. Like that's still childhood. Like I can't give that to you every day, that whole going door to door thing. I can't do that. And especially when you get to the age where you're able to do it with your friends, mm -hmm. with the group that you're doing it with, and you can say, okay, parents, I'll see you later on. I'm going out with my friends to do this. It takes on a whole nother element of just awesome memories that you'll never forget. So I think Halloween's number one on my list now. Yeah, it's a good choice. Mm -hmm. Do you have a favorite holiday memory? Oh, yeah. Uh, my favorite Christmas memory is uh, the time that my brother tried to kill himself. That's your favorite? That's my favorite. It's, 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 it's weird how I say that, but here's how it worked out. So when we were like six and eight, maybe seven and nine, the big thing at that time was micro machines. I don't, I don't want to age anybody. I don't want to ask if y'all know what micro machines were, but oh, yeah. micro machines were like Hot Wheels, but they were like miniatures. So they were like the size of like one fourth of a Hot Wheel. And they were like the a hot coin. Yeah, they were like the size of a coin. Maybe yeah. a nickel at most was their size, but they mm -hmm. rolled and they could, their doors could open and everything. And we were just enamored by all of them. And so we wanted hot, we wanted micro machines for Christmas. They had these things like a gasoline um, can, a gasoline can that you could open it up and it was actually like a little world. It was like Polly Pocket, but mm -hmm. for boys. And um, so we wanted the, the gasoline set and there was another one that turned into like an airport and all this kind of stuff. And that's what we put on our Christmas lists. Micro machines, that was it. And so uh, my mom, um, being a, the wonderful person that she was and is, uh, strived to get us what was on our list. Um, and she put our names on them. That was the first mistake. <laughs> she put our names on them uh, and then put them under the tree. And um, we went out while she was asleep. Like we snuck out on Christmas Eve Eve. Mm -hmm. And we went out and we looked at the presents and the blinking lights of the tree and all that. And it was like wonderful. You know, it's like that moment. We were in Washington at the time. And so the rain was falling outside and the heater was on. And it was nice and cozy inside the house. And these lights are blinking red and blue and yellow and green. And it's all just so magical. And the presents are down there. And then my brother had the brilliant idea to count how many presents we each had. So he pulled the presents out. Now, keep in mind that we are... Seven and nine, 
six and eight, something like that. There's no way we're going to be able to put the presents back the way my mom placed them. She's going to know that somebody tampered with them. They were not on our mind at all at that time. <laughs> he said, let's count the presents. And I was all in. We pulled the presents out and we counted them. And he was like, that's one for you. That's one for me. That's two for you. That's two for me. And he started counting. He continued to count. He realized that his number had stopped at like 10. Now, keep in mind what I'm telling you. My mom was a single mom. Mm-hmm. His gift number had stopped at 10. Micro machines were not cheap. If she had bought everything micro machines, she was already broke at his 10. But his number had stopped at 10. And I had 11. Now, <laughs> the other thing to keep in mind was that my mom uh, went to places where they were willing to give gifts, like toys, to disadvantaged children. Mm-hmm. And so she got those gifts as well as the gifts that she got for us. And so some of the gifts that she got from this place were not appropriate for what my brother wanted to do. My brother played basketball from a very young age, and that was all he wanted to do, really. Mm-hmm. Whereas I wanted to read books and 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 play with micro machines and and all these other type of things, which gives a lot more options to me as far as okay, I can fit a book into I could buy five books for like seven dollars from the used bookstore and my son will love them so let's get him one more book or one more uh, gift so what ended up happening was he had 10 gifts and I had 11 gifts and he looked at them for a second and then he said there's um he recounted them twice he made a list he checked it twice and when he (laughs) realized that I still had one more gift than him he wrote a note at the age of eight or nine, he wrote a note talking about why he was going to kill himself. And he told me he was going to kill himself. And 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 I was crying. I was bawling because this is my brother. This is my best friend. And I was like, I will give you all of my gifts if you don't. Oh, my goodness. If you don't, I will give you one more gift. So we'll be even. I'll give you my gift. I don't care. Just don't do it. And he went and he got a fork and he was ready to stick it in the plug outlet. And I was like, here, you can have all the micro machines I open up tomorrow. You can have them all. Just don't do this. And he turned to me and he looked and he said, okay. My older brother had played on my emotions in order to get me to promise him all of my micro machines. And so when he opened up the gifts the next day, he turned and sat and watched me as I opened up all my gifts. And as I opened up micro machine after micro machine, he was like, yep, that's a good one. Ooh, you got the DeLorean. Ooh, that's a good one right there too. Ooh, the, the door's open on that one. Is that a Camaro? Ooh. Uh-uh. And so as we went back into our room, cause we shared a room, he was like, just, you know, slide them over to me. Mm-hmm. Slide those <laughs> over to me. And I was like, but I thought you, and he was like, no, thank you. And he started playing with him. And then after a few moments, he was like, do you want to play? And we ended up sharing them too. And I know this sounds like, why is this your favorite memory? And it's my favorite memory because it did three things. One, it showed me that I had the power of compassion to where I was like, you know what, I'm willing to do this at a very young age. I recognize that I'm willing to do this in order to make you happy. Two, it recognized that I have a fucking problem with trying to make other people happy. Mm-hmm. Like I'm willing to give up my own stuff to make other people happy. And three, it showed me that there is a breaking point that for some of us is so trivial. I don't know if he was joking or not. I honestly don't. In hindsight, as an adult, I look back at it and I'm like, he played me. But at the same time, I don't know what was going through his head. So you you're know? not sure. And, 
and I'm not sure. And I never brought it back up to him again, but I'm not sure. And so I never, as an adult, I never tried to trivialize somebody else's pain or trauma. Good because lesson I there. never know what's going to be the straw that breaks their back mm -hmm. or the straw that helps them make a honestly understandable yet horrifying decision. Like I understand being in that situation where you're just like, you know what, I'm looking for a way out. I understand being there. Mm -hmm. And I understand that the things that might lead me to that place might be different than what somebody else says. But what I'm never going to say to somebody is you just need to toughen up or let go and let God. I was talking to my wife a couple of days ago. This real quick. Story's over, by the way. Story's over. <laughs> um, I was talking to my wife a couple of days ago about this song that we have always really liked. It's a song uh, called uh, Let Go. And it's it's a it's a gospel song, I guess. She never talks about God throughout the song. so <laughs> But it's a gospel <laughs> singer. And it's a remix, so it has a really nice beat. And I've always listened to the beat, and I was like, ooh. And then I started listening to the words, and I was like, ugh. Because the words, the first verse is literally, somebody told her. The lyrics are, somebody said, you don't know what I go through. You're young, and life is simple. I live for years. I live for years with a man who don't love me. And my kids are acting crazy. And you don't know that my heart is hurting, even though I'm acting fine. And you don't know that the good times ain't been around my way in a while. This is what this person is telling her. This is what this person is telling her about her life. And what she chooses to tell this person back is literally everybody wants to let go, but somebody got to hold on. The whole world's going crazy, but somebody's got to stand strong. And then she continues to tell her about somebody's lost their mother and father. So you should really be happy about the circumstances you're going through right now. And that is not the way that you should be handling this situation. Ever. So now, so now I laugh at that song. Like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, this is a <laughs> bad song. And and gospel listeners and black folks, because I don't, I don't know. White folks probably listen to gospel too. I'm sure it happens. But we're listening to this song. We're like, yeah, everybody wants to let go. I should hold on, even though my kids are horrible and my spouse has been treating me like crap because somebody out there has lost their mother and their pain is more important than mine. Like swallowing down your pain because somebody else is in pain is the worst because right. all that's going to do is cause you to regurgitate your pain at a point where it's no longer appropriate for you to have a time to deal with it. So that's why I never belittle anybody else's pain or trauma or anything like that because of my brother and this song and that's it that's my story i mean feelings are valid if you feel something then it's valid nobody else can tell you that you shouldn't be feeling it or that your pain isn't as important yeah yeah, yeah. like like it's it's when you're telling somebody to think about others in the moment of your pain what they're telling you is shh, 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 shh. they're mourning right now they're mourning right now. But what I found is that when you silence yourself, when you turn yourself down because somebody else tells you to, when they're mourning, they never turn themselves down. And when you try and tell them the same thing that they told you, how dare you? The temerity, the, the absolute unmitigated gall. And so it's like, nah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a mourn the way I want to mourn. And I am going to hold places for those who need to mourn or grieve or have something going on. And I will not take any of it lightly because that is how lives get changed um, irreparably. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. It's an admirable quality. Thanks. Um, did you do anything different during quarantine for Christmas? Uh, for Christmas quarantine last year, like I said, we don't do anything. Like I think I play video games. I went to the movie. <laughs> no, I didn't go to the movies. It was closed. Or did I go to the movies? I know most years, most years during uh, without quarantine, my wife and the kids would go to my mother-in-law's house because you know gifts. Mm -hmm. um, and I would go to the movies. And so when Vice came out, uh, the the Dick Cheney movie, I went and saw that on Christmas Day. Same with Wolf of Wall Street when that came out. I went and saw it on Christmas Day. Um, the Will Smith, this uh, when he turned into a pigeon that was a spy. I don't remember what the name of the movie was, but it's really delightful for children. Um, I went and saw that on Christmas Day. So last year on Christmas, our movie theater was closed, I believe still and I so i think i sat at home and watched movies on 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 my digital streaming service i did i watched wonder woman we watched wonder woman 1984 on christmas and that was an experience out of five stars what do you think uh i think i gave it a two i think Oof. because yeah. i didn't like the way that they framed wonder woman as being her decisions were being controlled by Steve. Like her giving up everything for Steve. Uh, <laughs> the guy that she had only met a few days ago and they had been intimate maybe once, but she was willing to risk it all for Steve. And I didn't really like that. Um, you I know liked... how us women are, just. Oh yeah, yeah. If you haven't read Ratchet, if you haven't heard Ratchet Book Club yet, I'm reading books where every woman is quite honestly, I would give this all up right now for a man that I just saw, I just met a few seconds ago. I love your commentary on the books too. It really <laughs> is fantastic. <laughs> Why don't you love me when I just met you? I'm going to murder this other woman because I saw you from across the room and your eyes just were eyeballs. And those <laughs> eyeballs meant everything to me. And it's like every single woman just falls under the power of these men who are literally the worst. Yep. But like um, the old fable from Aesop said, if a man and a lion went through, walking through a forest. They were debating about who was more powerful, a man or a lion. And the man was like, lions would get murdered by men. And the lion was like, a lion will fuck you up. And then they walked past a statue of a man holding a knife to a lion's throat. And the man was like, see, this statue proves it. A man will literally murder you. And the lion was like, nope. All this proves that lions aren't artists. <laughs> and the lion's not wrong. Exactly. So when I read a book where it's just so steeped in misogyny like that, I just figure a man wrote this. Like, even if it's a duo book where, where, a, where a man and a woman are writing it together, I just figure a man wrote this section because mm -hmm. I have lived a long time in this world and I have not yet met a woman who is willing to risk it all on the first sight of a man that she doesn't even know. But it happens in this book. It's happened in every book that I've read like that. So it's fun. They're probably out there somewhere. I worry for them. <laughs> what is your best and or worst gift that you've gotten? So the best gift that I got on Christmas, well, ever, the best gift that I got Am I supposed to say kids? Uh, they weren't born near holidays, though. They're just <laughs> dope. Um, my wife bought me a PlayStation 3. 
and she bought me a PlayStation 4. So the way that it works is that Black Friday happened and they were available. So I went to GameStop with my money and bought it. But because it's our money, she bought it for me. So that was dope. That's the First way things go here. Got was a box of rocks. Uh, uh, why? Why did I get a box of rocks? Yeah. Um, hold on one second. Hey, boo. You you, you want to tell the story of how I got a box of rocks? Huh? Real quick for the for the for the culture. You want to you want to talk about that real quick? Come over here real quick, baby. Come here. Come here. Tell tell the story of how I got a box of rocks for Christmas. My beloved wife Nisha, ladies and gentlemen. Excellent. Hello. Hello. Hi, so technically it wasn't a box of rocks. <laughs> Ultimately, but he wanted a PlayStation 3 and our family uh, is big on gag gifts or at least at this point in time, we were. <laughs> and so I was like, all right, what can I get him? He wanted a PlayStation 3. I found one. They were very hard to find, but uh, his brother had one, so he had been talking about it. And I thought that it would be a great idea to take out the PlayStation 3. I went over to my brother-in-law's house. I waited uh, how much uh, or weighed how much it was going to uh, be to make sure that it was the same. It felt the same, had the same heft. So when he picked it up, he would really think that this is what it was. Um, but I stuffed papers and yes, rocks um, in a box, wrapped it up. It was all inside the PlayStation box. Uh, so when he opened the gift at Christmas and um, we were at his mom's house and it was family. Uh, everyone was there because we were celebrating Christmas and it came time for everyone to open the gifts. He opened it. He was so excited as soon as he picked it up. He was like, oh my God, did you really get it? Is this really what I think it is? Oh my God, yes. Thank you so much, baby. I love you, I love you. And I'm just in the kitchen standing there. His brother and I were side by side and he was like, oh man, bro, you finally got one. Yes. So as he looked, peeled back the paper and all of that stuff, and he said, I'm gonna hook it up. Mom, is it cool if I use your room to go back and start playing it? Well, he <laughs> opens up the box and inside, all he sees is rocks. <laughs> and he was like, so, he didn't even give me an opportunity to say, you really got this like it's hooked up you know and none of that in my defense as soon as the box got opened my dad who again there's a reason why i call my mom a single mom my dad immediately started laughing uproariously and making fun of me as did my brother as did my wife as did my mom and so I'm sitting there surrounded by people who are laughing at me and pointing at me while I'm just dropping out of this high that I was in. And especially my dad, who's a bully. I almost divorced my wife. I, I like looked at her. I, I thought about it. I pondered it for a little while. Like, should she go? Should she stay or should she go now? Um, but are you going to cite 
Yeah, are okay. you going to cite rocks or a PlayStation 3 in your divorce papers? I think I think the judge would definitely understand if I cited rocks like like when the when the paperwork is all said and done she can have the rocks I just want the PlayStation 3 and the dog so um but you know it was a gift given out of love um it was a gift given out of mirth and fancy and honestly we had uh, I bought her later on i bought her a um ticket uh concert tickets to her favorite performer and had put them inside of a cd case of her most hated performer at the time and wrapped it back up and vacuum sealed the wrap so then it looked like it was brand new and then it looked like the cd that i bought brand new it looked like the cd it cost 25 cents um and i gave that to her on valentine's day and she was furious so that was my revenge and so we go back and forth with these gag gifts. I bought her a pencil for Wood Day, and, and it was a giant pencil. And um, on the side of it, I believe it said, I gave you wood for your for our anniversary. Um, but we have fun with it. And so that's why my most my worst gift and my best gift. So I said my best gift was the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. I said my worst gift was a box of rocks. They're all in the same box. It's all the same thing. <laughs> yeah, they're all in the same thing. So... I mean, because it is hard to have a partner who will literally smile in your worst times and then make you smile as well. That'll walk with you through those times and say, you'll, we'll walk through this together. Um, and a partner that's willing to joke with you. Um, in 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 the face of absolute like what the fuck is wrong with you ism able to joke with you like i'm gonna get this joke off i know you're looking at this box of rocks but these jokes need to be got and yep. <laughs> that was that was literally like here's the catch that was less than a year into us being married that was 19 days into us being married that she went ahead and bought a box of rocks and gave it to me for Christmas. That's ballsy shit, right? That's risky, <laughs> yeah. That's a bold move. was just talking about all of these pranks and all these gags that you guys already did. So I thought you would really appreciate it. Sure. <laughs> I appreciate them now. If we were to do them now, I'd laugh. But right then, the first gag, you never see it coming. After that, it becomes a war back and forth. But that first <laughs> shot, that's why people usually, the first person to get shot usually dies in a drive-by. They don't see the bullets coming. After that first bullet flies by, everybody else can drop down. But that first bullet, that first pop, that's going to be your most accurate shot. You hit me with the most accurate shot you had. Right in the heart. You can speak to me for the rest <laughs> of that day. But I love you now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the voice you sometimes hear on Ratchet Book Club that I'm talking with all the time, by the way. Um, oh, What's the... Are you guys going to do anything new this year? Um, this year, we're actually, we, before COVID, so BC, we oh, bought yeah. tickets to go on a cruise for uh, New Year's, uh, to go into the New Year's. So we were like, it would be really cool to do a New Year's Eve on a boat. Yeah. So we got tickets and then COVID hit and we were like, we'll just get vaccinated. And now they have rules where everybody who's on the ship has to be vaccinated. So we're going to open up the new year see what it's like i figure it's gonna be lit if it's not i'm gonna be so disappointed i bet it I'll will be. be so hurt 
like, oh my God, I expect to see people somehow parachuting off the airplane <laughs> and landing on the boat. Like, I want to see all of this. I want them to have fucking whoever made the final countdown, you're up. I want them in the background playing it. I want, I want, I want, I, I want all the food. I want like money to be thrown out into the crowd. I want everything. So not like an under siege event. Like you want the good stuff, the I good excitement. The good stuff. Like you get a car and <laughs> you get a car. Oprah's going to be there. <laughs> Oprah's going to be there. And Beyonce will sing all Lang Syne to all of us. And it'll be wonderful. And if I set my expectations this high, there's no way I can be disappointed. Those are the rules, right? Yeah, sure. I think you'll end up getting those big waving hand figures, those balloons that they see in front of the car wash. I think you'll get some of those. I love those guys. Those are the best. What's your favorite holiday song, Christmas song? My favorite Christmas song is, I feel like I have to say Mariah Carey because now it's the only one I remember. Like, Ooh. That's the only Christmas song. But you know what? No, 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 no. Um, what is that song? Um, fall to your knees and hail the angels roaring. Because Christ. I only know the South Park version where Eric Cartman sings it. <laughs> so I think it's Oh Holy Night. I think. So that is probably my favorite Christmas song. Followed up by Mariah Carey singing All I Want for Christmas is You. You want to belt out a few of Mariah Carey's? Fuck no. I don't really <laughs> like it. I just, I don't remember anything else. Um, um, Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer. Yeah. Classic. Absolute classic. That's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, well, I thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you tolerating me. Tolerating you? This is a delight. <laughs> Do you have any parting thoughts? Um, just keep in mind, y'all, that it is always important, especially in these winter months, to be cognizant of your friend's feelings. I know that it is difficult sometimes to step outside of yourself, but if you find that you are with somebody and they are slowly starting to recede or they are slowly starting to make plans for things that sound like they might be planning to harm themselves or if they are suddenly breaking away from things that they used to be able to do with so much joy and now they're just like maligned if you notice they're doing things like showering less or or being able to do the things they used to love less please keep in mind that these are all signs of depression and just sit with them a good cry is a reset button, but first you have to be afraid. You don't, you have to be, a, you have to get past the fear of crying. You have to get past the fear of being empathetic and being open with your friends. So you usually know the friends who are sinking. We mm -hmm. make the decision to walk past them or to engage with them. And this year and beyond, I'm asking you honestly to engage because if somebody sees love from their friends, that gives them that that shows them that there's the support for them that might just save their life one day. And yes, I know 
I know y'all people. I know you, and I know that some of y'all may not feel up to it. Some of you may feel like you don't have the right words to say. Some of you feel like you may not have the energy either, which is, I know, that is hard. Mm -hmm. But in the moment, if you could just step up and be cognizant of what's going on in your friend's life, you might just save them. Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. I'll add one short thing with that is, you know, if you're in that position where you're feeling so bad, you don't have to take on the rest of your life at that moment. Just take on the next hour or the next minute or mm -hmm. the next second. You know, you make it through one more second and then you can worry about the next one. Amen. It, yeah. It's 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 weird what you process as a, as a seven year old to make it into something lighthearted when you're 41. But at the point in time, it was horrifying to me. It was absolutely terrifying absolutely and um i think that my mind was just like we have to find a golden ticket in this or else this is going to live with us for the rest of our days and so i forced myself to process it differently mm -hmm. well it's hopefully he's doing better now oh yeah he lives <laughs> right around the corner from me he's my best friend and Excellent. i have all the micro machines i actually use them in monopoly Instead of using like the pieces, I use micro, machi micro machines and just roll them on the board. It's a way cooler idea. And right? I guess I if you the... wanted to cheat, you could kind of knock into the board a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, the, the, the kids will be like, I want the DeLorean. And I'll be like, you don't even know what a DeLorean is. Give me that shit. And uh, then I'll be the DeLorean and they'll be the dog. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, what I had heard was we are out of time and we will see you soon.